what therefore you unknowingly worship, I proclaim to you. These are the, it's a summary of today's first reading. Can you imagine St. Paul? He is in the Philippi, in Macedonia, and then it's a fairly lengthy journey to Athens, and so he's escorted to Athens by, by the, his disciples. So I presume that they're walking or maybe using a donkey or so, I do not know. But he's escorted because St. Paul carries with him scriptures, carries with him uh, letters that he has written to others. And so he comes to Athens and he goes right into the, what is known as the Areopagus, which is, was the place where a lot of philosophers would come and they would offer their teachings. So people would used to, were used to hearing different philosophers, great, great philosophers among others, teaching in this public place. And so St. Paul takes advantage. He knows Greek very well. He was educated not only in Hebrew schools, but also in Greek. So there he is, and he proclaims a, a, a type of teaching, which actually is probably one of the best homilies you can give. You know, he goes and he, he looks, looks at the, uh, at the uh, uh, you know, the, the, the temple, and he sees in that temple so many altars dedicated to so many gods, okay? The Greeks were well known, they were accepting of everything, you know, so there it is. But there's also one altar there which says to an unknown God. And th this gives St. Paul an opportunity to say, I'd like to share with you about this unknown God. And it's the God of revelation, not just some other God from, you know, some far east or wherever it may be. But, but St. Paul speaks to them about this, this God who has revealed himself. And it's not just God among other gods, but as the only one through whom all creation came into being, through whom all the gifts that we as human beings have received, he's the only one. And not only that, but, but he also has revealed himself through his son who came to this earth, through whom all things were made. And, and so he speaks about not only theology, but also philosophy. As you know, the Greeks believe in Demiurge, although they philosophers, Greek philosophers, knew that they had to be someone, the prime mover. You know, logic would say that, you know, the, all the things are in motion, so somebody had to initiate them into motion. The Greeks believed that also in causality, through whom instrumentality, through whom all things came to be. So St. Paul, it gives a beautiful reflection, but he uses the language of philosophy, you know, the language of, 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 of you know, purpose, meaning, uh, movement, you know, the, all those things that Greeks would be interested in. And so there he is, and, and many listen to him. But then the minute St. Paul speaks to them about resurrection, that the Son of God who became here a human being, he also rose from the dead. And immediately, here's a reaction. 
it's wonderful what you're talking about, but I think you had too much to drink in the morning. Nobody rises from the dead. Death, that's the end. We may have, you know, Aristotle would say there's a soul is spiritual, immortal, you know, even Plato, you know, the categories. But, but, the, but the Greeks, which were there, and there were men and women, not only men, but also women, as we know. And the minute he mentioned resurrection, okay, uh, we'll hear you some other time. Being nice and diplomatic, saying, get lost. <laughs> no, we don't want to listen to you. The, the reality of resurrection was at the stake here. I remember flying one day from, uh, from Europe, and there was a gentleman next to me, and he kind of spoke so highly, he discovered this new faith, you know, this new belief, uh, you know, the, from Far Eastern churches, uh, reincarnation and all these things. And, and so, you know, I guess he wanted to kind of be, kind of impress that he's no longer Christian. I was, you know, with my collar on, so he wanted to kind of maybe perhaps, you know, I don't know, I don't want to say what the implications were, but want to make sure that, that I, I heard him. And as so I began to ask him, how is it possible for you to accept, you know, reincarnation? And he also spoke of the, you know, the, the fire and water and, you know, and the air, you know, the four basic principles. And I said, you know, contemporary chemistry and, you know, would kind of speak of something different, you know, the elements that, that this world is, is made in. And, and, but he was just kind of, uh, kind of strong and, and so, so convinced. And I said, were you a Christian before? Um, he said, yes. And he says, uh, he says, I was born Catholic. Okay. And, and I said, so what made you kind of, kind of go and begin to be interested in Far East religions? He says, resurrection. I don't believe in resurrection. I said, but you believe in reincarnation? It just doesn't really make sense. You know, for me that, you know, you, you, you keep coming back and coming back. Yeah, it's a sort of a chemical type of process. You know, we, you know, our earthly body, um, yes, goes into earth and it kind of dissolves into chemicals, you know, so, so, so even biochemicals. So that's, it's possible, but you know, it, it, it really struck me and, and, and we, we talk more. I don't think he was convinced about the, uh, you know, the science and, and maybe theology as well. I think he, he felt that he found something that gave him meaning, but it was, I was saddened by the whole thing because here we have God who reveals himself. He is God in Jesus and there's a witnesses who are willing to offer their lives. They have seen him risen from the dead. He promises us not only that what he has received, um, you know, you know the, the, the disciples, what they have received, but also like St. Paul, but, but we, what we receive, what we receive by the gift of resurrection. And so, so there's something that St. Paul subsequently um, kind of learned a deep lesson. He says, from now on, I will not be using language or philosophy or these types of high kind of quality things, you know, 
because most people don't care. The only, the only one I will speak of is Jesus and him crucified. Jesus who suffered and died for us and he rose from us. That's the only thing I will preach. Just Jesus, the one that I have found. Everything else is rubbish. Everything else doesn't mean anything. It's not the language of philosophy. It's not the language of profound insights of great oratory. But it's a very simple truth. He is the one and there's no other. He's the one. He's the one who gives us forgiveness of sins. He's the one who already now makes us aware of the future glory. He's the, he now. We know that there's life beyond the grave because he's, he has risen. And those who have seen him know and have testified to the truth. They're willing to die for that truth. And for us, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and we're convinced, too, that there's life beyond the grave. There's life of glory. There's life that awaits us. Christian hope is the realization that God has already prepared for us. Jesus said, I am going now, and I will prepare a place for you, a dwelling place, a place, place of glory for us. I'm going there so that you may come as I come to the Father. So I'll draw all of you. I'll, I'll, I'll take you home to be with me, to be with the Father. The Holy Spirit convinces us that we are to accept these words which were spoken by our Lord as the truth. And by the way, revelation and science are not uh, in contradiction or co in conflict. Sometimes people say, you know, you know, the scientists have to be atheists. No, they don't have to be atheists. Scientists have to say if they use material reality, they have to analyze material reality. Not, they cannot enter into the world of spirit. The only thing they can say is, I don't know. But they cannot deny because God is not material. And, and scientists are working with material reality, which means that they can't make a statement. From Catholic perspective, there was never a conflict between science and faith. St. Thomas Aquinas says there's, there are different ways of, of looking at the, at the reality. And the reality is not just material, but it's also spiritual reality. And so God is the one who reveals himself. I am who I am. I am the one who always is, always was, always will be. There was, a, there was a Jewish rabbi who said something very, very interesting, and, and I, I mentioned this once or twice before, but he said, you know, when God revealed himself, to, especially through Moses, through the burning bush, he said, I am, yes, who am, because Moses wanted to say, who are you? So I'm the one. But, but this Jewish rabbi says, but before he said, he, I am who am, he says, I have seen, I have seen you suffer slavery. I have seen you suffer, and I have come to rescue you. Which means there's God who's merciful, who sees suffering and wants to rescue. He's God of justice who also sees human beings who are mistreating each other, and he wants to correct it. He's God of justice who sees this, and I'll take you out, 
from this land of slavery, and I'll bring you to a land, promised land, flowing with milk and honey, meaning the, the, the fulfillment of your wishes and desires on the human level. But for us, he's also taking us where we are. I have seen you struggle. I've seen you um, being unfairly treated. I have seen you carrying the cross in your life, and I've come, and I want to take you where you are, and I'll bring you to the promised land of glory. And this is what Jesus says today in the gospel. You know, you may not be able to know everything right now, but the Holy Spirit will help you and guide you, and he will, he will make you come to know everything about, about, about my, my, my teachings, my, my guidance, my uh, promises. You know, I, I was thinking of, you know, after the revelation, you know, public revelation is complete with the death of the, of the apostles. Whatever was written, it's complete. But ever since the scriptures were written and they are complete, Right now, what we have is we're still unpacking it. Holy Spirit is helping us to unpack, to come to know more. Yes, we have heard in, in the Gospels, go out to, to, the, whole world, to, to the whole world and, 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 and proclaim, proclaim the salvation, the good news, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But then people begin to see, okay, we have the Holy Trinity. You know, the St. John's Gospel, especially how the Lord speaks of the Father and his relationship with him and, and also the Holy Spirit. But it took a number of, of ecumenical councils to discussion. Who is this Jesus? Fully human, fully divine. Because I'd say, well, did he appear just human? Was he really human? Uh, what is the relationship between Jesus the Son of God and the Father, you know, being of the same nature, same substance, one God in Trinitarian persons, in Trinity of persons, God by nature, but the uniqueness of each person, and yet God, the revelation that God has offered to us, ecumenical councils that speak of the soul, soul of Jesus, in relationship to us. So the church was unpacking. What about Mary? Who is she? Is she the mother of just Jesus, the physical, you know, aspect of Jesus? Or what about Jesus as God? So is she a mother of God? How is it possible? She's not the mother of, of, the whole, of God the Father, and yet she's the mother of Jesus because we cannot divide Jesus into portions, the physical and spiritual God in Jesus is true because Jesus is the Son of God. Only God can save, as the early church would say, and, and in Jesus we have the Savior because he is the one who has given us life. So, you know, when, when Jesus says that, I'll give you the Holy Spirit and he'll guide you, he'll teach you, he'll remind you of the things that I've done, that I have offered to you, and, and he'll help you. Part of the gift of, of memory is the celebration of the Eucharist. It's known as the memorial sacrifice, remembering what the Lord has done on the, at the Last Supper. 
and then church begin to unpack it. This Eucharist is something extraordinary. You know, many Christians, yes, the word of God is, is yes, absolutely, absolutely without, without, without any, any limitation offers us everything because it's God's word, the Holy Spirit guiding us, but also the sacraments, the mystery of the sacraments themselves, mystery of the celebration of the Holy Eucharist, how the church would unpack again, reflecting, deeply reflecting. What does it mean that Jesus said, this is my body, this is my blood taking bread and wine? What does it mean? Is he real, truly there? Some say, well, maybe symbolic. Some say maybe just transitional. You know, the different ways. And yet we know that, you know, when God says something, it doesn't disappear. God's word is the truth. It will always be there. And then Jesus says, you know, in the John's gospel, I, I know whoever eats the flesh of the Son of Man and drinks his blood has life in him. And streams of, of joy will come from the one who receives, receives the, the body and, and blood of the Son of God. So you see, so we, what we have before us is, is this St. Paul, tells us it's possible to proclaim, like in Agora, in Areopagus. And that says number of people who came and believed. Some of them did join and became believers. Among them were Dionysius and member of the court of the Areopagus, which means he was, he was uh, on the highest level of the, uh, of the administration that he accepted. You know, he understood a woman named Damaris and others with them. And then, uh, and, says, and the scripture says, and then Paul left Athens. He didn't want to stay there. He did not establish the church there, but he went to Corinth. And that's why we have letters, St. Paul's letter to Corinthians and Philippians and Philippi in places, but no letter to Christians in, in, uh, in Athens because there were only very few who, who became believers. Maybe then, as we continue with the second liturgy, whereby we hear the Lord speaking to us through Paul, uh, the Lord is speaking to us and promising us to give us the Holy Spirit. And tonight, as you know, we begin, especially in this diocese, many dioceses, some celebrate Ascension on Sunday because we know that people work and they don't participate. They cannot really uh, come to know, you know the gift of, of the Ascension. But we, in this diocese, we go with the traditional way of, of celebrating Thursday, Ascension Thursday. And so the Lord leaves us, but he says, I'll always be with you till the end of time. And he'll be with us through Eucharist. He'll be with us in the spirit. He'll be with us because he's God. But in that physicality of seeing him, we'll not be able to see him. But he goes, ascends to the Father to prepare a place for us. And then he promises that the Holy Spirit will do everything for us. So we are to prepare ourselves for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So tomorrow, Holy Thursday, I mean the Ascension Thursday, and then our first Catholic novena, 
you know, Lavina, because we have the nine days of preparation for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So if, if, if any other Christian would say, what are you doing with these novenas? Well, novena is a Latin name for, means nine days, nine days of preparation. So let us prepare ourselves for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Let's prepare ourselves. It says, come Holy Spirit, I'm here. I want to welcome you. I want to open my heart so you can lead me and guide me. I want to know the fullness of the truth of the revelation of Jesus and of the Father. I want to be a man, a woman who is faithful in every way. I want to be a person who hears and responds to the inspirations, movement of grace, inspired by the Holy Spirit. I want to be a man, a woman, a child. I want to be someone who is faithful to the end, has the courage and strength and wisdom and knowledge and understanding and the piety, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want those gifts to be unpacked and I want those gifts that you have brought, have given to me through confirmation. I want those gifts to be unpacked and really become fruitful in every way. By wisdom, understanding, by, by, our, uh, by our piety, by the courage that we have, all those things which are necessary. And then so we can see the fruitfulness of it. The fruitfulness will be happiness, joy, harmony. Fruitfulness will be a collaboration with one another, love for another. Those are the fruits. So, so as we can see, the, the, the church is, has great, these wonderful gifts, and they're free. We don't have to pay for them. The Lord has already paid for all of them. And the Holy Spirit is, again, a free gift to all of us. Eucharist is a free gift. You know, sometimes people say, nothing is for free. Well, when it comes to Catholic faith, everything is for free. Perhaps maybe only some, some other things, you know, the lights and candles and whatever it may be to help us see. But all the gifts are for free because the Lord does not want us to have any barriers on receiving these wonderful gifts, gifts that will last into eternity and will manifest themselves fully when we see God the Father face to face in a spiritual dimension, and we'll be with Jesus, with the saints, with our loved ones who are there. And, and then hopefully we can bring as many to heaven through our faith, through our witness. And then they will also be very happy that we made sure that they were there by our prayer, by sacramental life, by that love, by witness, empowered by the Holy Spirit, filled with zeal. We'll run the race until we are all in the heart of God, living for all eternity in the happiness that the Lord promises. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. 
please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.